three section twenty six of swan's way by marcel proust translated by c k scott moncrief eighteen eighty nine to nineteen thirty this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three swan in love section twenty six to compete with and so to stimulate the moribund feelings that swan had for odette madame cotard a wiser physician in this case than ever her husband would have been had grafted among them others more normal feelings of gratitude of friendship which in swan's mind were to make odette seem again more human more like other women since other women could inspire the same feelings in him were to hasten her final transformation back into that odette loved with an undisturbed affection who had taken him home one evening after a revel at the painter's to drink orangeade with forcheville that odette with whom swann had calculated that he might live in happiness in former times having often thought with terror that a day must come when he would cease to be in love with odette he had determined to keep a sharp lookout and as soon as he felt that love was beginning to escape him to cling tightly to it and to hold back but now to the faintness of his love there corresponded a simultaneous faintness in his desire to remain her lover for a man cannot change that is to say become another person while he continues to obey the dictates of the self which he has ceased to be occasionally the name if it caught his eye in a newspaper of one of the men whom he supposed to have been odette's lovers reawakened his jealousy but it was very slight and inasmuch as it proved to him that he had not completely emerged from that period in which he had so keenly suffered although in it he had also known a way of feeling so intensely happy and that the accidents of his course might still enable him to catch an occasional glimpse stealthily and at a distance of its beauties this jealousy gave him if anything an agreeable thrill as to the sad parisian when he has left venice behind him and must return to france a last mosquito proves that italy and summer are still not too remote but as a rule with this particular period of his life from which he was emerging when he made an effort if not to remain in it at least to obtain while still he might an uninterrupted view of it he discovered that already it was too late he would have looked back to distinguish as it might be a landscape that was about to disappear that love from which he had departed but it is so difficult to enter into a state of complete duality and to present to oneself the lifelike spectacle of a feeling which one has ceased to possess that very soon the clouds gathering in his brain he could see nothing he would abandon the attempt would take the glasses from his nose and wipe them and he told himself that he would do better to rest for a little that there would be time enough later on and settled back into his corner with as little curiosity with as much torpor as the drowsy traveller who pulls his cap down over his eyes so as to get some sleep in the railway carriage that is drawing him he feels faster and faster out of the country in which he has lived for so long in which he vowed that he would not allow to slip away from him without looking out to bid it a last farewell indeed like the same traveller if he does not awake until he has crossed the frontier and is again in france when swann happened to alight close at hand upon something which proved that forcheville had been odette's lover he discovered that it caused him no pain that love was now utterly remote 
and he regretted that he had had no warning of the moment in which he had emerged from it forever and just as before kissing odette for the first time he had sought to imprint upon his memory the face that for so long had been familiar before it was altered by the additional memory of their kiss so he could have wished in thought at least to have been in a position to bid farewell while she still existed to that odette who had inspired love in him and jealousy to that odette who had caused him so to suffer and whom now he would never see again he was mistaken he was destined to see her once again a few weeks later it was while he was asleep in the twilight of a dream he was walking with madame verdurin dr cotard a young man in a fez whom he failed to identify the painter odette napoleon the third and my grandfather along a path which followed the line of the coast and overhung the sea now at a great height now by a few feet only so that they were continually going up and down those of the party who had reached the downward slope were no longer visible to those who were still climbing what little daylight yet remained was failing and it seemed as though a black night was immediately to fall on them now and then the waves dashed against the cliff and swan could feel on his cheek a shower of freezing spray odette told him to wipe this off but he could not and felt confused and helpless in her company as well as because he was in his nightshirt he hoped that in the darkness this might pass unnoticed madame verdurin however fixed her astonished gaze upon him for an endless moment in which he saw her face change its shape her nose grow longer while beneath it there sprouted a heavy moustache he turned away to examine odette her cheeks were pale with little fiery spots her features drawn and ringed with shadows but she looked back at him with eyes welling with affection ready to detach themselves like tears and to fall upon his face and he felt that he loved her so much that he would have liked to carry her off with him at once suddenly odette turned her wrist glanced at a tiny watch and said i must go she took leave of every one in the same formal manner without taking swan aside without telling him where they were to meet that evening or next day he dared not ask he would have liked to follow her he was obliged without turning back in her direction to answer with a smile some question by madame verdurin but his heart was frantically beating he felt that he now hated odette he would gladly have crushed those eyes which a moment ago he had loved so dearly have torn the blood into those lifeless cheeks he continued to climb with madame verdurin that is to say that each step took him farther from odette who was going downhill and in the other direction a second passed and it was many hours since she had left him the painter remarked to swan that napoleon the third had eclipsed himself immediately after odette they had obviously arranged it between them he added they must have agreed to meet at the foot of the cliff but they wouldn't say good-bye together it might have looked odd she is his mistress the strange young man burst into tears swan endeavoured to console him after all she is quite right he said to the young man drying his eyes for him and taking off the fez to make him feel more at ease i've advised her to do that myself a dozen times why be so distressed he was obviously the man to understand her so swan reasoned with himself for the young man whom he had failed at first to identify was himself also like certain novelists he had distributed his own personality between two characters him who was the first person in the dream and another whom he saw before him capped with a fez as for napoleon the third 
it was to forcheville that some vague association of ideas then a certain modification of the baron's usual physiognomy and lastly the broad ribbon of the legion of honor across his breast had made swan give that name but actually and in everything that the person who appeared in his dream represented and recalled to him if it was indeed forcheville for from an incomplete and changing set of images swan in his sleep drew false deductions enjoying at the same time such creative power that he was able to reproduce himself by a simple act of division like certain lower organisms with the warmth that he felt in his own palm he modelled the hollow of a strange hand which he thought that he was clasping and out of feelings and impressions of which he was not yet conscious he brought about sudden vicissitudes which by a chain of logical sequences would produce at definite points in his dream the person required to receive his love or to startle him awake in an instant night grew black about him an alarum rang the inhabitants ran past him escaping from their blazing houses he could hear the thunder of the surging waves and also of his own heart which with equal violence was anxiously beating in his breast suddenly the speed of these palpitations redoubled he felt a pain a nausea that was inexplicable a peasant dreadfully burned flung at him as he passed come and ask charlot where odette spent the night with her friend he used to go about with her and she tells him everything it was they that started the fire it was his valet come to awaken him and saying sir it is eight o'clock and the barber is here i have told him to call again in an hour but these words as they dived down through the waves of sleep in which swan was submerged did not reach his consciousness without undergoing that refraction which turns a ray of light at the bottom of a bowl of water into another sun just as a moment earlier the sound of the doorbell swelling in the depths of his abyss of sleep into the clangor of an alarum had engendered the episode of the fire meanwhile the scenery of his dream stage scattered in dust he opened his eyes heard for the last time the boom of a wave in the sea grown very distant he touched his cheek it was dry and yet he could feel the sting of the cold spray and the taste of salt on his lips he rose and dressed himself he had made the barber come early because he had written the day before to my grandfather to say that he was going that afternoon to combray having learned that madame de combremer mademoiselle legrandin that had been was spending a few days there the association in his memory of her young and charming face with a place in the country which he had not visited for so long offered him a combined attraction which had made him decide at last to leave paris for a while as the different changes and chances that bring us into the company of certain other people in this life do not coincide with the periods in which we are in love with those people but overlapping them may occur before love has begun and may be repeated after love is ended the earliest appearances in our life of a creature who is destined to afford us pleasure later on assume retrospectively in our eyes a certain value as an indication a warning a presage it was in this fashion that swan had often carried back his mind to the image of odette encountered in the theatre on that first evening when he had no thought of ever seeing her again and that he now recalled the party at madame de saint auvert's at which he had introduced general de froberville to madame de combremer so manifold are our interests in life that it is not uncommon that on a single occasion 
the foundations of a happiness which does not yet exist are laid down simultaneously with aggravations of a grief from which we are still suffering and no doubt that might have occurred to swann elsewhere than at madame de st auvers who indeed can say whether in the event of his having gone that evening somewhere else other happinesses other griefs would not have come to him which later would have appeared to have been inevitable but what did seem to him to have been inevitable was what had indeed taken place and he was not far short of seeing something providential in the fact that he had at last decided to go to madame de st Hubert's that evening because his mind anxious to admire the richness of invention that life shows and incapable of facing a difficult problem for any length of time such as to discover what actually had been most to be wished for came to the conclusion that the sufferings through which he had passed that evening and the pleasures at that time unsuspected which were already being brought to birth the exact balance between which was too difficult to establish were linked by a sort of concatenation of necessity but while an hour after his awakening he was giving instructions to the barber so that his stiffly brushed hair should not become disarranged on the journey he thought once again of his dream he saw once again as he had felt them close beside him odette's pallid complexion her two thin cheeks her drawn features her tired eyes all the things which in the course of those successive bursts of affection which had made of his enduring love for odette a long oblivion of the first impression that he had formed of her he had ceased to observe after the first few days of their intimacy days to which doubtless while he slept his memory had returned to seek the exact sensation of those things and with that old intermittent fatuity which reappeared in him now that he was no longer unhappy and lowered at the same time the average level of his morality he cried out in his heart to think that i have wasted years of my life that i have longed for death that the greatest love that i have ever known has been for a woman who did not please me who was not in my style End of part three. Swan in love. Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.